now for something special. The unit is self-contained with its own saddler, farrier, wheelwright, and so on. It's a rigorous training dished on who know all there is to know about horses, and it brings results. We take you behind the scenes now to show just some of the interesting aspects of this training. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein, the best podcast to create sounder horses from the ground up. Mike Stein is a registered journeyman farrier with an APF1 accreditation. On this week's show, we have pictures of the hoof rebuild that Mike did last week and also keeping horses in the cold, this unusual cold snap that came through South United States and also how snowballs affect horses. All this and much, much more will be discussed here on Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. And over to my far inside is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing good, Travis. How are you doing? I am doing better now. Something always happens during the week and then we come in here i get it fixed and then we come in here and i discuss what i broke and then what i fixed right it's the story of our life yes it's a revolving door as far as what goes on here now if you need help breaking stuff call me i will so as we said at the beginning of the show how the big cold snap this arctic front that came through here recently did you survive all right through this I lost lost water had a fit and blow apart a what a water fitting pump oh, apart fitting water fitting <laughs> fixed it with uh you know being from the south you understand how to do things so we fixed it with a piece a bicycle inner tube. <laughs> Did you really? Yes, yes, and it's still holding. So, well, there you go. My, my PVC glue was set up in the can. <laughs> it's a little gloopy. A little gloopy. What we had happen here, I could not fix with a, uh, a inner tube. So down at the barn, uh, we have PEX pipe that runs all the water through like the horse stalls and then the tack room, and then I have CPVC pipe that runs over the top of the barn down into the wash rack. You know, it's kind of hard to get the water over there. And some of the pipe was exposed, and some of the pipe had like lighting on it, like a rope light to keep it warm. Okay. Well, that's fine when it gets to about 20 degrees or 25 degrees. That's fine. Right. It'll hold up. But this past week, it got, what, negative one is a wind chill factor or something that we had here? Something like a that. Constant, yeah. A constant nine degrees. So I'm up at the house, and I, I went to turn on the, the sink. And I, the sink is like, it's spitting water out. It's not coming out fluent. I'm like going, all right, so the pipes are frozen. What do I do? So I walked down to the pump. Like you were telling me earlier, you thought your pump was frozen, and I thought my pump was frozen. And I go down there and I look. I can hear it struggling. Like it's it's pulling like off the bottom of the well. And right. I'm like going, well, what's going on here? I just happen to stand up and the barn is probably about 500 feet away. You would have thought I put a, a sprinkler inside the barn. There was water just pouring down the wall, down the wall, all over the place. The whole barn was soaked. Nice. All my CPVC pipe that was in the rafters insulated. Every single one of them snapped. When I say snap, not in half, the long ways. Like they splintered. Yeah. And it was just shooting water like it was a festival down there. So what happened? was the pump here could not keep up with the, the water flow down there to also feed the house. So we had no pressure in the house. All the water was down at the barn, so I had to go down to the barn, shut the main off down there, fix all the pipe, glue all the pipe, put it all back together, re-insulate it better. You know, yes. who knows if we're going to get, you know, down to 10 degrees here in North Carolina again. But just in case, so I spent the last three days gluing all the pipe and taking my time and, and zip-tying the, the heat strip onto the pipes and all that stuff. So I am good. The barn, we need... We have water in the tack room, we have water in the feeders down there, and we have water in the, the wash rack. The only thing we did lose is I have a tankless water heater that's outside, and it's in a box of some sort Right. Uh, that blew all the pipes in that. But luckily, they're only like 200 bucks, so I'll just go buy another one. So, right. So, right. you know, a little propane Insta-Hot down you there. You know, the last time we had a Christmas like that, which was probably actually colder, was 1983. Oh, yeah. And you well, know what I was doing then? What were you doing then? 
I was out in the middle of that, in the middle of the night, at six below, with the wind below, and trying to get people's lights on all night. You were a lineman. I was still doing line line work at that point. Now, in 83, for those of you who don't know, I'm from Florida. Right. And 83 is the year that we lost our whole entire citrus crop down in Florida because that was part of that freeze that was here in North Carolina. We got, like, the tail end of it, which actually killed a lot of our orange groves down in Florida. Right. There you go. A little history fact for you. <laughs> all right, guys. We got a bunch of stuff to get into and lots to talk about. Stick around. You're listening to Equine Dynamics. With Mike Stein, he'll be right back. Let's kick it. All right, stop, collaborate, and listen. I sit back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll close. I rock a mic like a vandal Light up a stage and watch a chump like a candle Dance, caress a speaker that booms I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom Deadly, when I play a dope melody Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He was the official farrier of the 2018 World Equestrian Games. And don't forget, for every podcast we do, we have a matching video as well. And you can see me waving to Mike, Mike waving to me. And make sure you like and subscribe to him over there on YouTube. Uh, your numbers, again, Mike, every week, every week, they're going up and up and up. And you can be part of the show by subscribing. And make sure you watch the videos and you can see us being acting all silly here in the studio as well. And over to my far hand side, acting real silly, is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing good, Travis. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. You're looking good. I, I'm okay. You know, I, I'm still looking for a haircut. My wife's got to cut my hair today. Some I don't know what she's going to do, but she's going to cut my hair. But uh, we got water back in the, the tack room in the barn down there, which is important because my wife was walking from the house all the way down to the barn with buckets of water. Not walking. She, You know, we got the side-by-side, but right. the big buckets, we had to fill them up here at the house. So everything's good. Now, unfortunately, this horse right here, we have pictures that we're going to show, and you can see this over the YouTube channel. I'm going to switch screens here so we can all see it. We can all be friends. Uh, this this horse wasn't doing very good at all. So tell me what we're looking at here, Mike. We're looking at a horse's foot. The deal on this horse is, you know, we had done a little probing and scraping, and the horse had some white line fungus, and you can see the cavity up the wall there, you, right there, mm-hmm. where that has undermined the wall. You can get some surface stuff, and you can knock it out pretty easy. But this horse has a laminitic history, so the lamina is a little damaged, and that area is weaker, and it's a lot easier for that fungus to take off up in there. And if you follow that line, look real close, it goes up higher. Do you see that little top of that little line there? Right there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's going all the way up into there, and you can't really get to that. So it had been soaked. We had packed it and everything else. When it took off up like that, you know, I was talking to the owner, let's get some x-rays, let's see what's actually going on in here. With her history, we don't want to wait to see if the whole foot's going to fall apart because it will start eating its way around the hoof wall. I've had feet that were much worse than this that we've worked on. There's another x-ray behind that. On this shot, you can see... Now, this is from the ground up. Ground up or top down. Okay. But you can see where the crack's going back up the wall in the x-ray, you know, right there. That's going pretty far up. And if you look towards the toe, you can see that area where... It looks like there's not quite foot there, right? Right. Well, you got big voids in there, and the voids are showing up as the dark spots on the x-ray because the denser material on the x-ray looks as you as the densest thing on there. It shows up white, and everything between shows up at a different level of, I guess, grays, you would say, whites to black as to how dense they are. The least dense areas are the blackest. They look like shadows. Right. 
you know, if the foot's not clean, you can see dirt tracks. You can see assorted other things on the x-ray. So we had to go clean this thing out and soak it for a few days so we can go to the uh, wolf wall. There's, right. there's blood on it. Well, yeah, we did. You know, we were cleaning it up, get into that. Some of that was pretty close. Had the vet there, used the hoof float to take part of that out. I removed part of it with knife and nippers. And there's really, I mean, you got a little, little blood spot there, but there's not that much of an area where we drew just a little speck. It just spread out on there. Do they have a, like a wick like a dog would on their toenails? They do have a, a laminized shape different. Okay. So the, at this point, the uh, foot was soaked in white lightning, and then the, they do the gas thing with white lightning, and then there was uh, soaked for several days in clean tracks, and we wanted to hit that thing real hard for a few days and clean it up. So you clean this up here. I'm looking at this picture, and you've essentially taken off a quarter of the, the hoof of the horse, correct? Right. So how long does it stay like this before you do any kind of support or anything on it, or is this within one visit? I think, no, 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 no. This was about four or five days apart. So the horse is walking around like this, or can it walk around like this without like some kind of boot or some kind well, of... The, sub- horse was, the horse was in the stall. The foot was bandaged up. Inside the bandage, there was an antibiotic that the vet packed it with. Okay. And it was bandaged up in the stall, and it was loaded up with the antibiotics. So this isn't exposed. There's some kind of packing or dressing on it so where the horse can walk around. Right. Right. Okay. And was was staying in the stall, keeping it clean. But we can't leave it like that forever because this horse, remember, she does have a laminatic history, have lost hoof wall. Now, what was this horse's job or did it have a job? It did have a job. What was the horse's job? Hanging out and looking pretty. <laughs> Lawn ornament. She did have a job at one time, but she is she is on up in years because of the problems with her feet. She's been retired for for a while. How old was this horse? I think I want to say she's mid twenties. Okay. And she's got some definitely got some metabolic issues. So this was soaked and it was packed and it was cleaned. When we went back in the, the end of the week, when we rebuilt that that whole area, this bloody used some uh, Caratex, which is one of the products that has uh, been out there for a while for medicated feet. So we softened some of that wax up and put a layer over top of the area where the blood is. I want to put iodine on it so bad. I don't know why I'm looking at it. I just want to get that little little dropper and put iodine on it and go, good, good pony. When we heated that up, the antibiotic that he had mixed in or packed the foot with, we mixed some of that in with the Caratex putty and stuck it in there over that area. Because that is open to sensitive material, you don't want to put build right on top of it. And the Caretex putty, you know, will kill anything, plus we put the antibiotics in there. Now, is this going to recover? Is oh, it gonna yeah. Is it going to grow back? It's going to grow back, okay. yes, no problem. So then when you got this big of an area, when you're building it, you can't build the whole thing in at one time. you got to go do thin layers because you get a chemical reaction in the acrylics. And if you're using the urethanes, you get a, a chemical reaction in the urethanes. The acrylic is probably a little more porous. And so the first layer we put in was a real thin layer. We loaded that up with the antibiotic, and it's not going to stick like it would normally, which is okay because it doesn't doesn't bother me to have that whole piece come out of there so we can check it out later. In fact, we'll intentionally take it out. We loaded up with antibiotics, put some copper sulfate powder, loaded up real heavy with antibiotics, and put a thin layer across the base of it. All right, so here's the next picture. What am I looking at here? This That is the rebuilt foot with shoe on it. Same foot. Same foot. So... We did that in about four layers. The first layer, real thin, loaded up with antibiotics. 
put a little bit of antibiotics all the way through because that stuff is actually more porous than you would think. Looks like butter. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> Copper sulfate in the first three layers. The outer layer, I really didn't mix anything in because we'd covered everything pretty well. On the outer layer for strength, if you could kind of look at that real close around those nails and stuff, you almost see a see a little bit of a fabric pattern in there. Yeah, almost like a... Like fiberglass. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, exactly like fiberglass. You know why? It's fiberglass. It's fiberglass fabric. <laughs> doesn't lie, does it? So, you know, with that big of an area, just to give it some a little more integrity and strength, you know, to hold hold everything together. You know, the last couple of layers, I worked in some acrylic in, into some fiberglass fabric and laid about three thin layers across that area. You know, you let that set up. You know, we, we nailed the shoe on like a traditional shoe. The feet on this horse are tended to run forward real hard, and we're always chasing that. So what is under there is a natural balance PLR. Uh, there is a fabric underneath it to help hold the rubber in. Are you talking about this black goo that's on the, the foot here? Black goo is, is a fabric. Okay. And for presentation, it probably should be cleaned up better, but that's, that's real world as is happening like right now. <laughs> now, uh, this, this shoe right here looks like an aluminum shoe. Is it this, is an aluminum shoe. I called it, called it, look at me. <laughs> that is a natural balance PLR, a little tiny one, a little small mare, Pasifino, so that's a little triple alt PLR. It took heat it up, hammered out the toe, back the brake over further back on it than where it comes from the manufacturing. Now, why the aluminum shoe over a steel shoe? Why? I mean, what what would be the advantage? I'm thinking light. Well, it is lighter in a lot of ways. Because you don't want to put any stress on that hoof while it's healing. But I, what I was looking for was something. You could hammer this out of a piece of straight bar. Mm-hmm. Time and efficiency. I keep a few of these in the truck. I don't use them all the time. It's not an everyday thing. But because I wanted some medial lateral breakover, I don't want torque against the hoof. That's kind of built into the shoe. It's designed to back the foot up. And then the modifications I did to it back the mechanics on the ground surface back a little further. And the other thing, as she walks, she'll wear that shoe off. Where they get happy with the mechanics, they'll kind of quit wearing it. All right, so this is the hoof folded up into your hand, right. and we're looking at it from the bottom. The bottom. You can see on the front edge where I hammered that front edge down across there. Yep. So that back the brake over up going forward all the way to the back of the web. Oh, I see the material now. It's kind of hanging out, right. kind of ratty-tatty here on the side, but it's almost cellular looking. Yeah, it is. And then I used the castle product the urethane rubber and put it in there just to give some protection from the ground you know give some support under the foot help stabilize the foot this clear smoky is that the rubber you're talking about rubber yeah okay i didn't know if it was a a bad picture or it looks like actually like frozen ice in there right and i I used a piece of material stuck on the top of the shoe as a mold and there's just a little bit of that stuck in there and that's some of that can be a little aggravating to get out sometimes you when you're doing presentation pictures you know some people spend hours and hours preempting them to make them look pretty i'm sorry guys but when i do it it's it's hit and roll and i'm all rolled going to the next thing so that's the way it came off the ground but we got that rubber in there as a support and time is a time is of an essence there it is. Out patience. You. <laughs> and you know she's happy she's getting around she's going back out in her paddock what's the update on her now uh, she's she's walking around sound on it and this is what last week you did this last week yeah. okay so how much more recovery time does she have on this with that packing and everything well you know we're reassess every time we see the horse okay and you, you see- should be reassessing every time you see any horse Right. You know, it's going to take probably six months for that to grow down. Okay. During that time, either you can only put so much material in with your acrylic and get it to stick real good. And what's loaded in in those first layers is probably way past where it's going to stick that good. But on the other end, 
I want that area as heavily medicated as I can on one end. On the other end, there's going to come a point that's going to separate. I want to be able to pull it back out of there so we can go back in there and probe the edges and make sure that nothing else is showing up. You don't want to you don't want to wrap it up and leave it. You'll just load it up heavy enough that it'll be able to pop out easier. The area that's waxed, that whole area is covered over, and the only thing really holding it there is a fiberglass across the top, which you can hit that quick with a rasp and that's gone. But that waxed area is not glued to the foot at all because you have the wax between the acrylic and the and the hoof. All right, guys, when we come back, we're going to talk about that big cold snap that came through here and what we did with our horses here on the property. Stick around. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back. I came in from the wilderness, a creature void of form. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. And if I pass this way again, you can rest assured. I'll always do my best for her On that I give my word In a world of still at death And men who are fighting to stay warm Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He was the 2017 Eventing Championship Farrier. If you have any questions for Mike Stein, go over to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page says contact us. Uh, Make sure you drop down the menu. It says podcast. Ask him a question. Make sure you put a return address in there, and we'll send you out some swag if we read it on the air. Or just to show you some support being part of the show, we'll send you out some magnets, some stickers and stuff. Mike's got some new keychains, and he'll send those out to you as well. They're pretty much gone. Are they really? Yeah. And speaking of Mike, uh, over to my far inside is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm good, Travis. How you doing? Doing all right. Uh, so we had this huge cold snap that came through, popped all the pipes down at my uh, barn and stuff. Well, I'm up and running. Mike, you had some problems at your house with some pipes. and Right, and, right. And, and, and it made it a bit of a problem uh, rebuilding that foot in that temperature. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I didn't even think about that. So were you in a nice warm barn trying to build that foot or just trying to it keep... It was a very nice barn, but to get the acrylics set, we were having to keep a heat gun going and that sort of deal at 10 degrees. Yeah, 10 degrees, a lot of things set up quickly. Now, here's a question that I have. Now, one of my horses is clipped, so we have blankets on that horse. Right. And the horse, uh, Dominique, that's here on the property, the mare, she's not clipped. But my wife still puts, like, two blankets on her, which is fine. But here's the thing. I always look at a horse with a blanket on, and if you are an eye or cold, you put a hat on, you'll put some kind of face mask on. If there's wind, you put long, long john stockings on your legs. On a horse, you only cover the main part of the body. Right. Why wouldn't you... Is isn't there like a, a toboggan that you can put on their hat and, and wrap their feet? I mean, are, are we that's worried something, about... That's something you can make. They do make some hoods that cover their heads if you want to. But, I mean, traditionally you don't. Traditionally you don't. Hmm. Okay. Maybe I've got something there. Maybe I've got a... Maybe. You, might, you might be able to come up with something. <laughs> get them with little bunny ears or something on yeah. top. So tell us what we should be doing in this unusual cold snap that we had here in the Carolinas. Well, I'd say for sure with your older horses, you probably need to pull out some blankets. You definitely need to put some more groceries in front of them if they're not blanketed they're burning calories to stay warm so they're probably going to need more hay and Another deal is keeping them drinking water because during those cold snaps, they slow down on drinking water. You'll get some some impaction colics. We don't want to be dealing with that at 10 degrees. But, Mike, I've got the water troughs out there, and they're frozen solid. I I don't have a heater out there. You know what, actually, I did? I built a box, like a light box, and put an incandescent bulb underneath it and then set the water trough or the round bucket on top of it, you know, the big 55-gallon drum bucket on top of it so it would heat it up from the bottom. They make heat. Heated buckets. Uh, I'll tell you, I've, I've got a floating trough heater. They make some that you put in the bottom of the trough. It's not something that we're going to need that much here 
What I've seen is keeping your water up to about 40 degrees, and they'll probably drink okay. Adding a little salt in the food makes them a little thirsty, but they gotta, they've got to keep drinking. See, my problem is if we put the floaters in there, any kind of heater inside the... Somebody will pull it out. They'll pull, it. They pull it out. They play with it. They bite. I'm worried about them biting the cord and snapping, and now we got a barbecued horse out there. Mm. <laughs> but so we have to figure out other ways, and I've seen all the things on YouTube where you take a gallon jug, fill it full of water, and then add salt to it because that won't freeze, and then you put that in the... The, the trough and let that float around and right. keep, keep the water moving with this last cold snap every day i'd have to go out there and it was easily an inch and a half of yeah, ice on keep top chopping ice and i did i had to go chop it and i had to you know make it big enough to where they get their snout down in there because it's, it's all the way around. just don't do like a fellow that was out in wyoming told me he had done what do you do he was out chopping an ice on a trough one day great big 750 gallon trough six or eight inches of ice on it He's chopping ice. Don't tell me he fell in. No, he whacked his boot with the axe. <laughs> and, uh, Speaking of hoof care. Said he uh, didn't want his foot to warm up, so he stuck his head in the door and told his wife he was going to the hospital. She didn't pay any attention. And so he drove himself to the hospital because he knew if he let his foot warm up, it was going to start hurting. It was going to start bleeding a lot more, and too. And he had, uh, when he got to the hospital, he'd whacked his big toe off. Oh, jeez. They called her from the hospital to come get him. And she's like, she wasn't paying him attention. So do what? What are you doing to the hospital? And said, she wasn't paying me attention when I told her I was going to, going to the hospital when I had a bloody boot. Don't don't injure yourself chopping ice is the moral of the story. They call him Tommy Two Toes now? Right, something like that. <laughs> but, yeah, I've seen all these different ways. I didn't know about the water. I honestly did not know. I don't know if my wife knows that as well i just know that she was out there they have to have water they have to have water never really explained to me so that would make sense because your body does that when whips across your skin it'll dehydrate you right and if they're not taking enough water in and stuff quits moving through the gut and then you got a problem and we don't need that no all right guys stick around a couple more segments to get into and we'll let you get back to enjoying the rest of your day stick around you're listening to equine dynamics with mike stein we'll be right back Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Sign. If you'd like Mike to come out and do a clinic at your event, at your location, Mike will be happy to do a clinic out at your place. Uh, the way you get a hold of him is go to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page says clinic, and Mike will schedule you for a clinic at your location. And over to my far hand side is Mike Sign. How are you? I'm doing good, Travis. Now, it's New Year's Eve. Yes, so you it got, is. You got big party plans for New Year's Eve? Oh, yeah. I, I plan on being flattened out by 8 o'clock instead of, <laughs> instead of 9 just to be obstinate. And backwards. Do you have anything to do after the show today? 
I do. What do you have to do? It's amazing. I'm going to go shoe some horses. On New Year's Eve, you're going to go. New Year's Eve. You're going to go shoe horses. I'm going to go work on a couple horses. You got to put one of those. You have to show up with one of those funky glasses where it says 2020s and there's somehow they figure out how to put your eye holes on them and you have to have your little party hat. Right. And your little kazoo that goes, you know, and the little at the end. And I'm sure the horses would love that. Oh, they would. They would. I think I should do that every time I go in the barn. Yeah. They'd look at you sideways and take off running. Now, we did not have here in the Carolinas, we didn't get any real snow. We got a little bit of ice sleet or frozen rain. Right. Tomato, tomato. You know what I mean? But you're saying that snowballs are bad for horses. Now, explain that to me, Mike. Because I have fights with them. Because yeah, the horses physically don't have posable thumbs, so they can't throw snowballs. And kids shouldn't throw snowballs at any animals or anyone without apparent supervision. Right. So, so tell me why it's so important that the snowballs are not around horses. Well, you know how horses play sometimes. Yes. Have you ever seen these horses that have been walking in ice and snow and that packs in the shoe and they end up with a big ball in the shoe that sticks well below what's normal on the ground surface? Does this happen also if they get a lot of mud and stuff? They'll clump mud underneath their foot as well? A similar thing. Okay, so it can, it, happen, will... it can happen with snow as well? Yes. Okay. It will pack in there. It will get hard, compressed, and turn into basically a chunk of ice because of the body weight pressing onto it. And... It'll keep building up, building up, building up, and all of a sudden your horse is three or four inches taller than it used to be. <laughs> and he said, oh, I just wanted my horse to be taller. It's not the best thing on tendons and ligaments. The other thing is bruising the sole, especially with your thin sole horses. There have been some things done over the years. I've heard people using spray Pam on the bottom of their foot. As a temporary thing, that might that might help. I've heard people using Crisco, uh, WD-40, everything else to try to get them to not attach. They also, in other parts of the country, you're going to see people put what they call a snowball pad. I was going to say, do they put some kind of boot or some kind of galosh on the horse's feet to keep them from packing? You you can probably put galoshes on there if you want. <laughs> I won't, but <laughs> they they do make a rim pad that has a like a piece of round tubing around the inside that gives. That will create when it packs in there for it to fall out instead of wedged into whatever you have put on the foot. Right. And also you have some that are flat that have like a bubble that pushes down towards the ground and it doesn't allow it to build up in there enough to stay. So it's constant it's constantly moving around underneath the foot to kind of shake the snow loose. Right. Normally in this part of the country we're not going to see much of those. It's not something that my local supplier really carries. I can get them if need be, but it's going to take me ordering them from somewhere, probably further north. And and to plan that with a snowstorm at the same time. So if it's a two week delivery and we got a snowstorm in a week's time, well, it's, it's a done deal. You just gotta you got to do something to help out their feet. The problem is a thin soled horse. You pack that snowball in there, it's like having a big rock crammed in their foot because mm. it lifts them off of the ground instead of the weight being carried by the perimeter of the foot. The wall, which is supposed to carry, primarily carry the weight, the sole can take some weight, but it's a passive load. Then you pick them up, you put that ball in there, and then you put the load onto the sole, and that ice gets hard. You can bruise feet, and that's not that's not a good deal. So are you recommending that you would pick the feet a little bit more than normal, like if they're constantly walking out there in a the snowy field? Probably so. And when you pick them, if you don't have anything else, you can take your can of Crisco or spray Pam and see if that will keep them out for a while. That's going to be a temporary fix if it works. I don't know that I've ever really done it myself, but I've had plenty of people tell me that that does work. And for a day or two, you could probably get by like that. In this part of the country, that's about the most we're going to see. Normally, 
we're not going to see, you know, it's going to snow in the next afternoon. It's gone, right? Usually. In that Northland, they get snow and it stays. And it it stays for a very long time. Right. I had a horse that had to ship north here back around Thanksgiving that I had flat plastic pads on the truck that I put on the horse all the way around because it was going into snow where they were going to have snow for a while. And, yeah, they wanted snowball pads on. And I found out when I went in the barn, I was like, well, this is about as close as I can get. And I shot soft rubber inside of it. Same type of rubber that we had on that horse that we resected part of the foot, but there's a softer version of it that we put under the pad. That way you got some springy, cushy stuff in there <laughs> and got their feather pillow between the foot and the, and the snow. And hopefully that was enough to keep her feet happy enough. So going back to the Pam spray, Mike, I would think that you, because you're so worried about bacteria, you're so worried about something in there, if you spray Pam on a foot not knowing that there's a cut or some kind of groove, I'm just talking the, the average horse owner, you know, I'm going I'm to spray Pam on my horse's feet, but not knowing that that Pam could get into a crevice and cause more damage or right. start damaging my personal professional opinion for what it's worth. <laughs> I, okay. w- I wouldn't do Pam in there. Does that make sense? Sure. I guess it does. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it as hard as you have. <laughs> I got nothing else to do and over you here. Could put, you could hit some thrust treatment in there if you wanted. In, in this part of the country, that's going to be a real short-term temporary thing. Most feet are probably not going to have any kind of open wounds in them. I don't know there's a completely great answer. Some horses, if they're not working through the winter, some of them will go barefoot through the winter. Some horses are barefoot anyway. But if barefoot horses, when you have ice balls and all that kind of stuff, can bruise up their feet on them. And if you guys have had any kind of home remedies as far as keeping snow off the bottom of your horse's feet from compacting and stuff, email Mike over at equinedynamics.com. There's a little section that says contact us. Uh, let us know what you have or what you tried and that works well for you. Uh, we'd like to hear it from well, I you. Do, I do have some people that... Uh, I work for that have a good remedy for it. They go to Florida for the winter. Do they bring the horses with them? Yes. Do they really? Well, it must be nice traveling with the whole family. All right, guys, stick around. One more little segment. We'll let you get back to enjoying the rest of your day. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back. Being feet up and battered around. Being sent up and I'm being shot down. You're the best thing that I've ever found. And Reputations changeable, situations tolerable. But baby, you're adorable, and only with hair. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Sign. He is now a licensed thoroughbred farrier as of this year through the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission. And if you'd like Mike to appear at your event or any clinics at your establishment, make sure you fill out that little form at the top of equinedynamics.com, and Mike will pencil you in. Get out there and be part of your event that you've got going on. And if you'd like to follow him on Facebook, search Equine Dynamics on Facebook and also YouTube as well for every podcast we do. We have a matching video. You can see me waving to Mike, Mike waving to me, and all the pictures that we showed about the x-rays at the beginning of the program. Over to my far hand side is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing good, Travis. All right, so what did we learn today, Mike? The hoof rebuild that you did last week. And I'm going to switch cameras here so people can see that if they miss it at the beginning. If we've got fungus showing on the top, like your white line, which can be many different things, sometimes it goes deeper and you need to take care of it. It's a good idea if you've got it and you think it's going deep to get a set of x-rays, then you can see where it goes. When you're rebuilding the foot, you medicate everything, you clean it up as best you can, and you got to be very slow with slow and methodical with your rebuild not to cause damage with your, your build material. And keeping your horses warm in this cold snap that we had here recently in the Carolinas. Yes, uh, 
there's a whole debate about blanketing and not blanketing. You know, you can check them with a thermometer and see what temperature they are blanketed or not blanketed, I guess. There have been people who have actually done that with studies. My wife, when it hits 45 degrees, she'll put blanket, she'll put a single blanket on. She's got a sheet and she's got a blanket. Right. And if it gets below 45 or if it gets around freezing, then she'll do the heavy blanket. And then if it gets below 25, she'll do the blanket and the sheet at the same time. So there's a, some kind of math there somewhere. Right. I've got friends in Florida that if it gets below 65, they'll put a sheet on the horse. Yeah, that's probably a bit much. But they're going to, you know, when it gets cold, they're, you, you need to get hay in front of them. You need to make sure they're drinking. We don't have, want to have problems because they're not drinking and they're you know in, when they're in the cold they're burning a lot of calories and they're just like us in the winter time they want plenty of food and pr- plenty of drink that's right and also how snowballs on the horse's feet affects a horse and the way they walk yeah bruising up the bottoms of their feet is not good especially with your, your horses that have notoriously have thin soles and there are some things we can do to protect that and we need to pay attention to it and, and do what we can to help help our guys out all right guys on that note make sure you follow mike over on youtube uh, search equine Dynamics Mike Stein and make sure you like and subscribe to him over there as well and we answer any questions and stuff that you have and the way you get those questions in is go to equinedynamics.com fill out the little form there and make sure you put a return address a mailing address so we can send you out some magnets and some stickers for being part of the show on that note guys on behalf of Mike Stein over there have a good day my name is Travis Sane see you next week all of the doggies are in the crowd